When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello again, everybody. It's Trags, and this is episode 245 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Follow us on Twitter at CLNS Media and at Patriots CLNS and follow me on Twitter at Trags. You can also follow us, of course, on Facebook, facebook.com slash CLNS Media. Time to welcome back an old friend of the network and this podcast, Mike Dussault of patspropaganda.com. Been a while, Mike. How you been? Oh, I've been good. Uh, you know, just trying to pass the off season as quickly as I can. How's that going? <laughs> well, it's always interesting. There is never a dull moment in Patriots Nation. Uh, from the moment the after the Super Bowl ended, you thought that might be the highlight of the off season, but uh, there was absolutely no letdown uh, since that point. Yeah, and, and so, I guess that's the good and bad, right? Of uh, covering a team here in New England and following the ups and downs is that there's really never. And off season, there's really never a time for people who actually cover the team. Not that you know fans give a crap about this, but to catch your breath. And uh, I guess that that period's coming up uh, now. I would say in between the end of the draft, uh, after free agency is settled down, and the start of OTAs, that that kind of uh, period um, really is when people start to catch their breath. Uh, certainly, players are made available, like on Tuesday when uh, the Twins, uh, Jason and Devin McCourty, were made available uh, the Tuesday before Mother's Day. I thought that was a nice touch by the Patriots. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, you know, I, I, I know they're, they're trying to pull some tricks here, you know, with twins on the roster. Well, I guess it's the second set of twins with the uh, Hollisters as well. So, uh, no, I think it's a good uh, – I'm excited to, to kind of have that element. I think, you know, some of the, you know, miscommunication issues early last year, I think McCourty kind of – Jason McCourty brings, uh, you know, a new perspective and, and obviously probably is already familiar with a lot of the team, especially the the secondary that he's going to be playing with. So I think it's uh, it's going to be a good ad, ad addition. You know, it's one of those ones that, that uh, you think is good both on the field and off it. So um, that leads me into uh, the three positives and the three negatives that I want to address with you, uh, at least from my perspective, and feel Mm -hmm. free to change this. Um, But uh, my feeling is Jason McCourty is certainly one of the three positive things about the offseason so far. The, as you said, the attitude he brings. uh, And even though he's an identical twin uh, with Devin, um, obviously they did not come out of Rutgers uh, the same year. um, And uh, I think Jason McCourty, McCourty uh, brings a little different perspective and certainly different background, um, you know, in his NFL career coming off a winless season with the Cleveland Browns, as opposed to the way Devin McCourty, already a leader uh, in that locker room, what he brings. What do you think of Jason McCourty as one of the positives of the offseason? 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's a great fit. Uh, you know, obviously they lost Malcolm Butler, so they needed to bring somebody in. So he gives you, you know, a third top line cornerback with with Rowe and Gilmore. So you can kind of, you know, continue to play matchups like they did last year. Um, you know, I think that he really fits the system well. He's able to play man defense, which they obviously play a ton of. He tackles well, um, you know, and, and he's already going to have a fundamental understanding of kind of what's expected uh, of him having, you know, seen Devin go through it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he's probably having watched it from the outside thrilled to get in and and you know be a part of a of an organization that competes for championships every year um you know and what i i thought was interesting and you know they were joking about it um i think several weeks ago when uh, jason was first traded for and brought to new england devin said um he's not i'm not going to let him come in and be the leader right away and he knows that i'm <laughs> going to be the leader and uh, i thought that was a cute touch yeah, if you want to ease him in, I mean, uh, you know, I know they, they said yesterday as well, you know, that he's not going to come in and, and replace Malcolm Butler. But, you know, I think he's he's really a great fit, and I think he should he should pretty seamlessly step into, you know, a large number of, of cornerback snaps. Um, you know, how it kind of flushes out with Eric Rowe if they return him to kind of more of a, you know, situational use where he's got that height that can put him on bigger receivers. But uh, I think generally he fits really what they like to do, and uh, so I don't think he should have a problem fitting in uh, on either spot on the field or off it. And, and I'm sure that, you know, just his relationship with his brother and you know i'm sure he goes way back with chung as well that you know it'll only be a matter of time before he kind of assimilates and, and becomes a leader because let's face it on this defense you have to communicate everybody has to be a leader and i, I think he'll have no problem fitting right in with that well uh i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you will we ever find out what happened with malcolm butler <laughs> you know i've been thinking a lot about it and you know it's like at the end of the day it's like you know, maybe just the, the simplest answer is the correct one. I mean, you know, that, that I mean, he was sick, that he wasn't, you know, I, I think there's always going to be an argument to be made. Why not just put him in in the second half? Uh, they were getting torched. They couldn't get off the field. Uh, is he really going to hurt you that bad, no matter how sick he was, no matter how much he missed in terms of installing the game plan? But, uh, you know, things were brewing with Butler all season, and, and, and you know, it's kind of started with the Saints visit and, you know, is he going to go to New Orleans and then he was back and, and, you know, so there were a number of things. And, and I mean, I think he'd be the first one and he was the first one to say that, you know, he didn't have the best year last year and he certainly was inconsistent. And that was, you know, clear as day, especially from the get go, as was a lot of the secondary. Um, so, you know, you add up all those factors. I don't think that there's one single smoking gun where we found out there was this controversial thing that Butler did or, you know, that Belichick secretly hated him or, you know, something like that, that, that is, oh, that's, that's the real reason why. But I think it was, you know, a combination of a lot of things uh, that added up to that point in the season but again just put him in in the second half and see what happens I know you touched on it a little bit uh, Mike but um, in terms of the scheme schematically do you think we're going to see the secondary change uh, I, I, obviously you touched on Eric Rowe and what he might be uh, able to do against bigger taller receivers but with the addition of Jason McCourty do you think we see more man uh, do you think uh, we see more zone do you think we w what kind of looks do you think we're looking at with Jason McCourty well I think it's always a balance you know and, and I mean I think that that you know with the NFL today you've got to be able to play man I, I think they were a lot more zone centric back you know 2010 and, and you know really things started to change in 2012 when they went out and got to leave I think that was kind of signaling that hey we have to have two to three really good man corners that can come in and, and play that style but it's always going to be a mix um, I think they'll continue to be a man heavy team uh, I, you know I think one of the interesting acquisitions not to turn the page but you know Grabbing Danny Shelton, I think, really yep. kind of signaled that 
they don't really have any plans to alter what they're doing up front. They're still going to primarily, you know, at least in the in the base defense, be based with two big defensive tackles in the middle, kind of eating space. Him and Malcolm Brown, uh, you know, and and they're not going to make that shift to you know more penetrators than that. I know we all kind of want, oh, we need more pass rush. We need to get a penetrator guy and you know guys that can get upfield traditional three technique. But um, I think that they're you know probably going to pretty much stay the same, and I think that makes sense, especially as you're kind of transitioning. You know, you lost your defensive core coordinator and and you're transitioning to a new player to to a new coach i mean doing a little projecting here on point number two of my positives about the offseason isaiah Wynn and sony michelle in the uh, first round i think you know at first i was like isaiah Wynn makes total sense because he's a versatile offensive lineman he's a first round talent um and he obviously played tackle last year at georgia sony michelle i thought was a head scratcher at first uh, but if they figure, if they project Sony Michelle to be able to come in and take as many snaps as Dion Lewis did, uh, and maybe uh, catch the ball even a little bit more than uh, Dion Lewis did, I think those two players in the first round, I think that could be a home run for the Patriots. Yeah, it's always fascinating. I mean, Isaiah Wynn, I, you know, it's it's you look at these players that, you know, they might not have that one measurable, you know, and, and obviously his is is being undersized, being only six foot two. And, you know, then, of course, plenty of people come out and say, oh, he absolutely can play left tackle. Um, but, you know, I think the Patriots, this draft was another sign of it. They don't, as, as they tell you, they don't draft specifically for need. But when you look at the players that they picked up, it's clear that they all fit the system, that they all play hard, that they all love football. Uh, you know, they all kind of have that similar thread even if they're missing that one measurable um you know as for michelle i mean i think we we all kind of have been lulled to sleep with the patriots disinterest in drafting running backs and i mean i know i sure have i i you know really just kind of passed over them and figured they'd pick somebody up in the you know the third fourth round maybe um but you know then they go out and they grab one in the first round which is just you know again just when you think you got belichick figured out he zags on you uh and as you said i think he's a really balance running back you know you can bring him in you don't have to thrust him into the flames you can kind of let you know rex burkhead lead the way at least initially i mean we know his injury history um but i think he's a real great home run threat you know we're always looking for those running backs that that can kind of take some of that pressure off of brady and and you really had a hole to fill without without Dion lewis i just my big hope is that they can kind of figure out how to manage all these running backs they had so many running backs last year it certainly was helpful down at, at the end of the season when they had some injuries. They had to, you know, put guys in. They had Dion Lewis and were able to just lean on him when Burkhead and White were out. Uh, but, you know, when they had all of them healthy, it just never found like they found the way to maximize the talent and effectiveness of all of them at once. So that's something, uh, you know, I'll be looking for this year to, to better management of, of that rotation. All right. Positive number three. I think this could also be a steal. Cordell Patterson. What are your thoughts on how the Patriots will use him, uh, and will he be much more than just a return specialist? Yeah, I mean, I think that's you know the easy place to start with him. Obviously, he gives you that explosiveness again that you, that you lost with Dion Lewis on kickoff returns, um, and you know at the very least he's going to be one of those gadget players that that can also you know take some of the heat off of Julian Edelman, some of those fly sweeps, stuff like that that we've seen them run in the past. We know Patterson can do that kind of thing, um, and you know there's not a ton of pressure for him to come in and be you know the top X receiver or you know even the top two. I mean, I think you know Chris Hogan is a very solid starter there. I, you know. I don't think that the loss of Brandon Cooks is, is really overwhelming anybody. Um, you know, and if Malcolm Mitchell's able to come back and be healthy, and then you have these bottom of the depth chart guys, Philip Dorsett, Kenny Britt, who are, you know, well regarded players, first round picks. Uh, you know, so Patterson, he can he's got, I think, a roster spot pretty much locked up. Um, and I think that they can just allow him to kind of grow 
within the offense and, and, you know, start to put things on his plate as he understands the concepts that they're trying to accomplish. To your point, you know how many, uh, about the gadget possibilities with Patterson? You know how many rushes he had last year? This surprises me. Fire LA, I'm not sure. 13 rushes, 121 yards, and two touchdowns with the Raiders. Those are not insignificant numbers, are they? No, I mean it's uh you know ten yards carry, so that's uh you know pretty good, and I and I'm sure Josh McDaniels is uh has been tinkering all off season, uh you know just with ways to get him the ball in space. That's what the Patriots do best in their offense. You know, find what guys are good at and uh, and let them do those things. Well, at first his rookie year, as a matter of fact, with the Vikings, um, twelve carries, 158 yards, three touchdowns. His second year, ten carries, 117 yards, uh, and then it dropped off in um, 15 and 16 before uh, he moved on to Oakland last year. I, I think he's a fascinating player, and a f- I think he'll be a lot of fun if he stays on the field, stays healthy. I think he's going to be a ton of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's almost a carry, you know, almost close to a carry a game. So, uh, you know, and, and those are offenses that, you know, are maybe not quite as forward thinking as, as the Patriots and McDaniels often are. So, uh, you know, it's just more things to add to the diverse attack that the teams are going to have to prepare for when uh, they're getting ready to play Patriots. Speaking with Mike Dussault of PatsPropaganda.com. Everybody, I want to tell you about a new wellness brand for men. It's called forhims.com 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35 thing is when you start to notice hair loss it's simply too late it's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost how do you how will you feel a year from now if well it's business as usual up top i ask you do you want a bald spot to pop up or do you want to do something about it first do you want a, your hairline to recede or do you want to do something about it Why do guys turn to weird solutions or simply do nothing when they can turn to medicine and science? Here is the solution, 4hims.com. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. HIMS connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. No waiting room, no awkward doctor visits. Save hours by going to 4hims.com. It is that easy. Order now. My listeners get a trial month of HIMS for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost you hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4hims.com slash trags. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash T-R-A-G-S for hymns.com slash trags. Speaking again with Mike Dussault of patspropaganda.com. We started the program and this podcast talking about the positive. Let's talk about the three negatives uh, that are on my plate anyway. The ongoing drama with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. I got to tell you, Mike, I'm really sick and tired of it. I get it. I I understand the social media environment and culture we live in. But I I think the average Patriots fan is sick and tired and fed up. And I think, you know, if anything, uh, you know, Bill Belichick and and the team itself, the team uh, management uh, has kind of won the PR battle here uh, in a sense. Don't you? think so i i I agree 100 i mean it's and it's uh i I mean i never could have predicted what it would have take for people to you know for fans to start to kind of i don't want to say turn on tom brady and bob gonkowski but certainly get kind of annoyed and you know i i think every time they've had a chance 
uh, to kind of smooth things over. Uh, they almost make things worse. You know, you saw Gronkowski come out with the, the motorcycle, uh, you know, um, the press monster, conference. Right. Where he's, yeah, the where monster. Right. helmet And, you know, just playing totally coy, uh, you know, and then the same thing with the Brady, uh, you know, pleading the fifth. And, you know, what was that? What did he actually mean with that? You know, but look, both both were chances for them to just say, look, we're on a, you know, 2018. All that's in the past. Uh, you know, and if they want more money or they want a better contract, then hold out and ask for that. Don't kind of hold this like retirement or we're not sure we're going to play or that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, the train is already starting to leave the station here in April, uh, you know, and, and I think everybody's kind of on the same page. So as I, I wrote a couple weeks ago, I mean, Tom Brady, he's basically a lame duck now. He's not getting traded. Uh, you know, they're not going to fire Belichick. So they're kind of stuck with each other. So I think he's kind of, you know, feeling himself a little bit and realizing, you know, he doesn't quite have to, uh, you know, do everything he might have used, used to have done. And, and family obviously is becoming more of a priority for him, which is fine. Um, you know, they're just going to have to, I guess, establish a new level of understanding between them. And, uh, you know, you just hope that once July starts, everybody's on the same page. We're in training camp and it's, it's on to 2018 and we can stop bringing up all these stories of drama from last season. Well, that's just it. And I think everybody understands Tom has every right in the world. And I think they congratulate him and, and would certainly uh, praise him uh, for recognizing there are more things in life than just preparing to be quarterback of the Patriots for 16 games a year and into the playoffs and Super Bowl. Um, but I think to to constantly throw that out there as, well, I, I, I don't know if, you know, family is going to really take more priority this year. I haven't really made up my mind. That's where I think just people get tired of the storyline. Yeah, it's just, it's just wishy-washy, you know. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I think everybody in, in, in Patriots Nation would a thousand percent respect Rob Gronkowski's decision. If he decided to hang him up right now, the guy would already, you know, put him in the Patriots Hall of Fame already. Uh, the beating and that his body has endured and, you know, the long-term health of, of his body is, is what is most important. Um, you know, but it's just like, just come out, let's put all this stuff behind us because it's starting to linger. And I think that's the thing that people know. Bugs Belichick more than anything is, you know, still trying to tie up threads from last season. Well, and you have people like uh, you and me, continually uh, perpetuating the story so we take some culpability <laughs> as well so with that i'm going to move on to point number two about concerns and things that uh, happen in the off season that uh, maybe fall on the negative side the loss of nate solder and i say the loss of their starting left tackle since uh 2012 uh drafted in 2011 of course because of the uncertainty it provides on the left hand side of the uh, patriots offensive line what do you think of the loss of Nate Solder? Sure. Well, I mean, it's huge, you know, and uh, I, I thought that that was, you know, had to be the first priority of the offseason. And, you know, when you see what the Giants were willing to give him, you, you, you kind of understand why he took it. Um, but, you know, I think all things considered, I think the Patriots did the best job that they could do in terms of, you know, just adding a lot of players uh, at the tackle position to, you know, kind of add competition and depth. I mean, you, you talk about drafting Wynn, who, you know, might be a potential left tackle. I mean, look, if they had to roll Adrian Waddle out there at left tackle and, and Marcus Cannon at right tackle, you're, you're going to be okay. Um, but you have plenty of competition between Wynn, uh, Matt Tobin, another guy they brought in, Tony Garcia from last year, who's, you know, healthy now and gaining weight back. And then, of course, Trent Brown uh, that they traded for. Uh, I John love, Ulrich, not to interrupt, but I love the guy. acquisition of Trent Brown. I mean, Obviously, you're not going to uh, just give him the job, but I think that is a, you know, a first or second round talent that they acquired uh, from San Francisco. 
Yeah, very much. So, you know, you don't know how it's all going to play out. Guys are going to get injured. Guys are going to hopefully make leaps. So, uh, you know, there's there's good competition, but it's certainly a, a huge question. And, you know, one we haven't really faced going from Matt Light to Solder. It's, you know, been the model of stability there and everything you could ask of, you know, bring a guy in, grooming him for a year and then letting him start. So um, we'll see how that all plays out. Okay, point number three, they did draft Danny Etling out of uh, LSU, but I, I don't think a lot of people consider a seventh-round quarterback as somebody um, who they would fill in and uh, just put in there and, you know, if something happens with Tom Brady. If uh, I'm reading this correctly, um, you know, they hope that maybe, you know, they can cut him late in training camp he gets through waivers and they can put him um on the the uh scout team right i mean on the uh obviously on the practice squad is that how you vision somebody like a danny etling getting through and helping the patriots long term yeah, probably. I mean, you know, lucky for him, he's he was, you know, they didn't take somebody in the second round or whatever, and they have all this pressure on them of not only being the heir apparent now to Tom Brady, but also, you know, being compared to Jimmy Garoppolo forever. Um, you know, and and look, if Tom Brady stays healthy, it does, you know, this isn't going to matter. Um, you know, it's it's it's. I mean, there's definitely a need, obviously, long term. Um, but you know, I think Etling, he's going to be able to stay behind the scenes. And and I mean, let's face it, Brian Hoyer can win football games. I know it's not exciting. Or sexy for anybody um but you know in terms of what they have on the roster already um you know they i guess they just didn't see that jimmy garoppolo type value guy uh at that spot so we'll see if they're able to get him on the practice squad develop him i'm sure you know there might be a couple more guys who roll in as as is usually the case um but you know we'll we'll continue to wait to see who tom brady's heir apparent is (laughs) well right and we're not you know really trashing danny etling here we're just saying that you know with the number of quarterbacks that's not not just the the first round caliber quarterbacks like Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen and Josh Allen but there seemed to be a lot of quarterbacks in the middle rounds that lined up with the Patriots and I, I don't know if this is a negative but they just for whatever reason you know the guys obviously uh like Mike White um and and the others just didn't seem to line up for the Patriots yeah, Kyle Lallette was Lallette. That was a big one with the uh, you know his Navy background, and uh, I mean I guess that just kind of speaks to every Patriots draft pick pretty much, where you know we all have our list of guys who seem like the perfect fit. I mean I know. For me, I was looking at all those off-the-ball linebackers in the middle of, of of the first round. You know, Rashawn Evans is, you know, then Tennessee hopped up. I mean, that was, you know, if I if I my my biggest disappointment kind of this offseason was just that they really didn't upgrade that linebacker position. Um, but you know, they are always going to take who they take. Their board looks <laughs> completely unlike any of ours do. Yep. Uh, you know, it's always <laughs> just fascinating to see who they snag. Well, Christian Sam was a linebacker that they took, and Jawan Bentley. Um, mm-hmm. You know. The word you always hear when Jawan Bentley's name comes up is downhill. Those two linebackers, yeah, thumper. Those two guys um, could have an impact early on uh, with the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that was just, that was a spot I was so focused on. I mean, it's just, I, I know that they had injuries last year that, you know, got rid that, that they lost Hightower, which is just the monster loss. But, uh, you know, and, and you, you got to consider, are, are we really going to expect Dante Hightower to play, you know, 16 to 19 games in a season? And, you know, I, I don't know at this point, I mean, how quick are we going to be down again to Kyle Van Noy and, you know, Landon Robertson? You know, the thing with, I mean, Bentley and Sam, I, I there's certainly elements to like about them, um, you know, 
know, and, and who knows, but it's like, you know, Roberts is that same kind of downhill thumper guy that, uh-oh, you know, they run play action and he's already in the backfield because he bit so hard on it. Uh, you know, it, it that was what, I mean, I just, I wanted to see a little bit more athleticism out of that middle linebacker spot to kind of deal with these kind of run pass option stuff that we're dealing with. And I mean, I think the Super Bowl was a prime example of just that lack of athleticism at the second level. Now, again, Hightower and Van Noy back, both those guys healthy, um, Marquis Flowers in the second year and, and you know, maybe Bentley or Sam, uh, uh, you know, ascend a little bit. Um, but we'll see how that all plays out. I mean, it's just health is going to be a huge thing there. I think that's where their, their thin depth could come back to haunt them. Terrific stuff, Mike. I really appreciate you joining us. How can people follow Mike Dussault and Pat's Propaganda on social media and online? Yeah, PatsPropaganda.com, the blog, Pat's Propaganda, the Twitter, Facebook page too. And uh, yeah, it'll be a little bit of a quiet point here as we come up on the uh, – call it the void of the off season. But, uh, you know, just a couple short months and we'll be right back into training camp and all that comes with it. All right, Mike, we look forward to it. Certainly we'll be back in touch very soon. Thanks to everyone for downloading this episode of Patriots Beat. want to once again thank our sponsor, 4 for producer Mike Alonji, executive producer Larry H. Russell, and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. This is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of the CLNS Media Network, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show, hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice. And live on CLNS Radio, immediately after every single Pass game, Call in at 929-477-2386 toll-free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts for the plays of the game, and everything else that is going on with the five-time Super Bowl champion. Subscribe to CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher, and the best way, download the free CLNS Media Network mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Yeah.